By the bloody axe of Zaslav, I bid you welcome to Under the Bridge. Why did we take Zaslav's bloody axe? Because he's making all those cuts to HBO Max. Oof. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways, I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Bob on occasion. I feel like I need to come up with a different alternative nickname at this or point. Or just maybe. be Greg. Greg also works. We're going to go with Greg. You know, at least like you moment. said you were going to do until we started the joke of you being Bob from Top Gun Maverick. That is fair. I am Greg until some other silly joke takes over on that. <laughs> Very good. Mm. So we're going to get right started. A bunch of shit got pulled from HBO Max. Oh, another purge. Yes. Well, All right. pulled and more stuff got canceled even, it turns out. Oh, boy. Yeah, so among other things, they have canceled the Not Too Late show with Elmo. <laughs> and pulled 200 when, legacy episodes of Sesame Street. Okay, that I do actually kind of have a problem with. I'm not going to lie. But I'm sorry, I missed the part of Elmo getting a late night talk show? Uh, it's a Not Too Late Night talk show. When did Elmo turn into Jay Leno? I am significantly more interested in that. Well, <laughs> they're pulling it anyway, so... Too late. Fair. That's unfortunate. I mean, definitely not as high profile as some of the other pools. That oh, it gets gotten. worse. Okay, never mind. This isn't high profile, but they're also pulling a lot of animated stuff, and they're not only pulling it, they're basically removing all mentions of it on official stuff, and the only places that they're keeping it are streaming services that are pay-to-rent or pay-to-own. Oh, gross. Yeah. Very gross. Well, what made the chopping block there? Please tell me Ed and Eddie wasn't part of it. Oh no, it's all mostly smaller scale stuff. Uncle Grandpa's gone, Mighty Magiswords, OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, Infinity Train, which seems to be the rallying point of... People are very upset by this. I haven't mm. seen it, and now I guess I won't get the chance. Right. Which mm. is... You know, this is why I do physical media things. Yeah, and I, not so much for things, more so games, but it's kind of the same thing, in a sense of, if it's just digital, you're technically not in full control of it. You are ultimately only have it for as long as the person who's providing it says, yeah, you can have this. People think I'm crazy for owning Night of the Lepus on disc, but you know what? <laughs> Nobody can tell me when I can't watch Night of the Lepus! <laughs> I mean, that's how it works, I guess. That's ideally how it should work. Ease of access more than anything else. I hope this kind of reaffirms physical media's place in the grand scheme of things, because this is getting... Well, I'm, I can't say getting stupid. It's already past stupid, but it's just going, like, off the rails now. Oh, and a bunch of animated projects got canceled today. That much I did oh, find fun. out. Mm. Family action comedy Merry Little Batman has been canceled. Very little Batman. <laughs> the Day the Earth Blew Up, a Looney Tunes movie, gone. <laughs> bye Bye Bunny, a Looney Tunes musical. What in the world? How am I only now hearing about Did I things? do that to the holidays, a Steve Urkel story? What? And no, The Amazing I... World of Gumball, the movie. I, like, I'm not saying, oh, no, because I knew this was a thing. It's I'm saying, oh, no, because, no, I actually would want to watch that. <laughs> well, I got good news on these projects, and there's one other project, and this is the one that bums me out the most and is most indicative of how absolutely crazy David Zaslav must be. Mm -hmm. Batman Cape Crusader, an animated series from executive producers J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm. Very high profile. Yeah. Gone. Mm. Really? But there is some good news on all of those projects. They are going to be shopped to other networks and services. Okay, so they're just... They're not, like, fully canceled. They are not completely canceled. They're just not moving forward at HBO Max. But still, this is supposed to yeah. be a noir-esque Batman series from Matt Reeves and one of the guys behind the DC Animated Universe. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And you think that's not worth it? Yeah, like, that sounds genuinely amazing. What the hell? I, this man's just stripping Warner Brothers for parts so he can flip it, I guarantee it. Mmm. This is disgusting. Yeah, this is bad. 
I mean, it's been bad, but reaffirming that this is bad. Apparently, it's gotten bad enough that they're looking into whether this violates antitrust merger laws. Really? How so? Experts are questioning if all the write-downs on content for tax purposes indicate that the newly merged company has too much market power which se- under antitrust laws, which seek to promote innovation, choice, and product variety. Merger enforcers consider if a deal will incentivize a company to withdraw a product that a significant number of customers strongly prefer. According to the DOJ and FTC guidelines, you have to ask if this combined entity has sufficient market share to act unilaterally with respect to traditional parameters of competition, like pricing and output. You'd be concerned by some of the post-closing actions. And this is all from an article in The Hollywood Reporter. So probably the part that they're going to stick most to is the customer response. Yeah. Because from what I've gathered, people are, a lot of people are very upset that these things are being pulled. So oh, yeah. if it's enough people, there's definitely a potential case there. It is kind of sketchy to me how much of it is being used as some form of tax write-off. That that doesn't sit well with me, personally. Nah. I'm not smart enough to say why, but it does seem suspicious. Look, if Batgirl's basically done and somebody has it, maybe it'll leak someday, like that Deadpool test footage. Yeah. I doubt it, because presumably they can't finish the movie now. Yeah. Because they got paid for not finishing it, but... Huh, yeah, that's an interesting part of that, isn't it? Yeah, Batgirl... This is a case where I don't even think it's... New management could reverse course on the decision. They have been paid for scrapping this movie. Yeah. I wish I had a better response in No, uh, it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah, that's it's disgusting and kind of suspicious in all honesty. Oh hey, speaking of suspicious and kind of disgusting. Mm-hmm. Avatar has been removed from Disney Plus. Has it now? Because they're getting ready to re-release it on September twenty third ahead of the sequel. Dude. What the hell? Physical media! <laughs> God almighty I have Avatar on Blu-ray, so I can continue to not watch it anytime I like. That is actually disgusting greed. And no warning, either. Yeah, that is actually ridiculous. Well, you know, you gotta make sure it stays the highest grossing movie of all time. It's fucking Avatar! Who cares? You're gonna be- you're gonna have so much money that Mickey Mouse will need, like, freaking Parachute pants to hold all the bills. Several parachute pants. Minnie Mouse is probably going to need several parachute dresses. He's got parachute pants in his closet just to hold his money. (laughs) Honey, where's my parachute pants? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Disgusting. The House of Mouse knows no bounds, but holy shit. (laughs) And rounding out the trinity of disgusting business practices, Labor Day weekend, we're getting Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff edition, with, get ready for this, 11 minutes of new footage. What? Yeah. What? I... Presumably that includes the deleted scenes that were advertised and not included on the Blu-rays. So, at a certain point, it's not only a thing of I have to question how gross all this greed is, I also have, at a certain point, wonder... Does anybody think about how much extra work they're making for themselves? <laughs> Money. Who cares? I'm not going to see it because I paid for the yeah. Blu-ray. And I want the goddamn deleted scenes that were promised to me. And also, you gotta be out of your fucking mind if you think I'm gonna go sit through a movie again for 11 minutes of 11 footage. Minutes. You better be giving me a whole-ass 45 if you want me to go back into this theater. That is actually more than $1 a minute, considering the price of a movie ticket. Yeah. So, what the hell? And it sucks because it's No Way Home, a movie I enjoyed, and ordinarily I'd be happy to go see it in a re-release. Except, not for this case. No, it's one thing to re-release something because it got good reception or whatever, like Top Gun Maverick. It's another thing to re-release it out of pure objective greed. Because that's what this is. I don't even yeah, get how it's legal uh, to do that when you were, when you withheld stuff from an advertised Blu-ray. I don't know how that hasn't been brought up more, because that is a case of, even though it's an extremely minor bit of content, it is still false advertising. So... Absolutely disgusting. All right, it could. I feel like there's at least an argument for a bait-and-switch as well, given that they're re-releasing the movie in theaters with the content that was promised on the Blu-ray. I'm not smart enough in the legalese to, like, make a strong argument, but I feel like there can be an argument there. No, I think you're right. But then again, not a lawyer, so... 
Yeah. It's gross no matter what, though. Yeah. Definitely. All this news makes me very sad. <laughs> Especially... Okay, Avatar, whatever. That's gross and stupid and terrible. And No mm. Way Home fun stuff. Yeah, okay, fine, sure. But... Yeah. They're removing all this lesser-known stuff from HBO Max. That's the real depressing part. Yeah, and it's a thing of, I can't help but wonder, it's like, okay, at this point, what is the end game for this new, like, board of executives or CEO or whatever? Like, I'm telling you, it's turning Warner Brothers into an easier offloaded asset. Which is dumb. Because you already had, like, a lot of cool stuff here. The only hard part was being better at marketing it and making it more appealing to a general audience. But there's still stuff here that, at a basic level, is already going to draw in a bunch of people. So, especially with how many things that they've canned that are pretty much finished, it's a thing of, like, again... I feel like you guys are making more work for yourselves at a certain point. And some of it's stuff you just have the streaming rights to. Yeah. And you're just writing it off so you don't have to, what, pay residuals on it? You know, first-party companies writing off their first-party IPs for whatever reason isn't anything new. But typically they're made with better reasons than whatever the hell's going on at, at Warner Brothers right now. This whole thing depresses me. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Maybe Zaslav will meet his own bloody axe and be cut from the company. <laughs> there has to be a point where someone within the company... I... Their stock's tanking. Yeah, it's like their stock's tanking. There has to be a certain point where, I don't know if the board is with him or not, but someone at some point has to go, it's like, okay, we need to do an actual confidence vote because this is actually getting insane now. Little bit. <clears throat> so here's something moving off of that. Okay. Lord of the Rings is under new management. I didn't know that that was a problem to begin with, because as far as I was aware, Lord of the Rings hasn't really been super relevant in like a decade. Well, they're making that Amazon series. Are they now? Also, when did The Hobbit come out? All three of them? That's a good question, actually. Let me look that up real quick. Because I never watched The Hobbit movies. (laughs) Point is, it never fully fell out of the public eye. Hmm. And now, Swedish video game company and media holdings group Embracer Group has acquired Middle-Earth Enterprises, which gives them the intellectual property catalog and worldwide rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Okay. To answer your earlier question, The Hobbit series came out between- all three movies came out between 2012 and 2014. Wow. (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that in all honesty. I guess it's different for me because I never got fully- into the Lord of the Rings series, but knowing how significant it is, I don't know, it just seems kind of weird and out of nowhere. Oh, it it might get worse. Oh, really? How? <laughs> so, Embracer has noted it could, in addition to them get, they basically have control over most stuff. They got movies, video games, board games, merchandising, stage productions, theme park rights. Mm-hmm. And they've noted they could explore additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters from Tolkien's literary works. So... Are they setting up a Lord of the Rings Marvel Universe? I don't know how you can! It's like (laughs) if you did the (laughs) Avengers first and then worked backwards. Yeah, that's, uh... That's that sounds kind of messy. It it like imagine if you started with the Avengers all lined up in a circle w- while the Chitauri screech at them and the da 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 da, and then all of a sudden, uh, yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation, and it goes back and tells it in reverse order. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that, but instead of just one person, it is all of the actors just going at the same time in unison. Yep, that's us. You're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> Even better. Full disclosure, I haven't seen the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy anyway. I saw the oh, first no. two, and it's been a while. Back when I first watched them, I did not really care about movies. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe. But, yeah, I fell asleep through episode two. I mean, And I know only... I need to rewatch them, but... Yeah, 
the only one I've seen in full is the first one. And honestly, the first one was kind of the thing that made me go, I don't think I need to watch the rest of these, because... Well, that one I remember wasn't bad. I don't think it was bad, but at no point was I really drawn in during the movie. I, w- I think I watched the movie off of my sister's recommendation more than anything else. Mm. Um, And it was a thing of, like, I don't... I can't say it was bad, but I was never really drawn in, and I was not given any forewarning because I don't keep up with Lord of the Rings at all, so I genuinely didn't know this going into it. I had no forewarning that there were more movies besides the first one, because I do remember, like, in the last little bit, it's like, wow, they have a lot to wrap up in a few minutes. Oh, it's over? Oh, that's it. Oh, there's (laughs) more. Okay. More films coming. All right. Yeah, and at that point, especially considering how long the movies were, it's like, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. I should give the other movies a chance at some point, but it's not going to be anytime soon. We should marathon them or something. Probably. I'm game at some point. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know how. But I know something's starting right now. I don't know why I went into a Little Mermaid reference. <laughs> Oh, it's been a week, hasn't it? <laughs> under the B. Under the... Oh, there's supposed to be an HBO joke somewhere in there, and I completely lost it. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of spinoffs we don't need, mm-hmm. we're getting Ferris Bueller. What? <laughs> yeah, you you saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Yes, I have. Ages you remember, ago. <laughs> you remember those two guys who were supposed to just park the Ferrari, and then they took it on a joyride? Yeah. They're getting a spinoff movie. Uh? It's supposed to be uh, what they were up to when they took the Ferrari on a joyride, and it's called Sam and Victor's Day Off. You know, this kind of reminds me of an anime that I've seen little bits of. Oh, dear. I can't remember the name of it, but the long and short of it is that it follows this girl that's always late going to school, and it just documents, like, all the crap that happens to her while she's running late and why she's late. And it gets fucking wild at a certain point. But the <laughs> kicker, like, I think there's one, if I remember right, there is actually an episode where she accidentally comes across, like, a Yakuza gang fight or some shit. Pardon me? <laughs> or something ridiculous like that along those lines but the thing is that every time she goes to school she tells her teacher b- being totally truthful why she was late but of course it's so ridiculous that the teacher's like uh-huh sure and doesn't believe her <laughs> so it's but just th- that one guy from chicken boo who is the only one who can see that chicken boo is a giant chicken i, I guess <laughs> much more animaniacs i yeah that's fair um the thing is, though, is that that was at least an interesting original concept. This just kind of feels like a why the fuck not, and not a good kind of why the fuck not. Oh, I've got plenty of reasons why the fuck not. <laughs> First of which being, I didn't even much care for Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. He's just... he's such a jerk! Yes, he is, which I think was the main draw for that movie. I don't understand! The man lied to his girlfriend about her grandmother dying. (laughs) What is that? I never said it was a good thing. I just said that that was the appeal. (laughs) I don't get how they're... It's been, what, almost 40 years since that movie came out? Has it? What? I mean, I know it came out a long time ago. I could be completely wrong. 1986, you're right, that's almost 40 years ago, Jesus! Okay, so yeah, the whole thing of there being a... I guess it's not really a sequel, but just a side story based on... How... Are they getting the original actors? Uh, no word on it, I assume not. I would hope not, because it's like, yeah, that's it's 40 years. Like, it's not like... I imagine no one in that movie has the aging properties of Tom Cruise, so... Yeah. Yeah, because Tom Cruise does not age. That's the only reason that Top Gun Maverick went as well as it did. Besides also being a good movie. Oh boy. (laughs) But it's still kind of a deal of like, how is that going to work? Especially if it's like supposed to follow that whole bit. It's like, I can only imagine they're going to get actors that look exactly like those original two guys. Most likely. Hmm. So we have a deadline by which we need to show you Spiral from the Book of Saw. Oh, really? Because it turns out the 10th Saw movie 
is coming out October 27th, 2023. Is there any inclusion of Chris Rock or Samuel Jackson? No mention of it. Okay, significantly less And I almost just spoiled something in the movie, so... (laughs) I'm glad I kept my fucking mouth shut. (laughs) Still, significantly less interested. (laughs) What we do know is that Kevin Grudert, the director of Saw 6 and Saw the Final Chapter, and also an editor on the first five installments and Jigsaw, is going to be directing this one. I mean, were any of those movies good? I'd argue none of them were really all that good. Okay, because I've never seen a second of any Saw movie. The first Saw was alright, I guess. Mm. So you're telling me you've never seen Saw? No. No, 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 no. Not gonna fall for it. (laughs) 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 I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of the movies, but I've never sat through the whole movies. To be completely honest, with the exception of Chris Rock Saw, I don't think I want to. (laughs) Well, great. We'll only make you sit through Spiral, then. Spiral, I will tolerate only because of who's involved in it, and that's it. Yeah, (laughs) alright. We got more video game movie announcements. Oh, boy. Sega and Picture Start are teaming up to make movies based on Space Channel 5 and Comics Zone. I know nothing about either of those games. (laughs) I know that Space Channel 5 is one that gets talked about by one of our consigners every now and again at my job, but I've never played the game, so I know nothing about either of those series, well, in all honesty. from the Hollywood Reporter article, I'll just read this. Mm-hmm. Channel 5, a comedy dance adaptation of the cult classic 1999 dance game, will tell the mm-hmm. story of a hapless fast food worker who is recruited by a freedom reporter from the future to save the world from aliens using the one thing that unites all people on the planet. Our love of silly viral dances. Yeah, this sounds like something out of the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> it's 1999. It still kind of sounds like something out of the 80s, minus the viral dances. Oh god, is that mean we're gonna get Harlem Shake on the big screen? Oh gosh, I hope not. Uh, I think Joji wants to forget about that, if I had to guess. <laughs> And then Comic Zone, an adaptation of the cult console game, follows a jaded comic book creator and a young queer writer of color who, when sucked into the final issue of his popular series, must put aside their differences to stop a dangerous supervillain from sowing complete destruction. In the process, they wittily explore the ever-evolving art of storytelling itself. I feel like that's more of a you movie than a me movie. You say that, and yet I feel like I'd rather watch Space Channel 5. (laughs) I mean, Space Channel 5 does definitely sound the most interesting out of the two, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I'm looking forward to both of these. Yeah. But, like, Space Channel 5, (laughs) just cuz. Yeah, pretty much. I'm more used to it. I'm more familiar with it, vaguely. Mm -hmm. Ooh La was a character in Sonic Riders, and that changed my life. Oh. Only the first one, though, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it was Ulala, Knights, and Ai from uh, Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> I spent way too much time playing Sonic Riders. That's fair. I did actually kind of think it's like, okay, so what's the next thing that's a crazy ass game um, crossover movie thing that's going to be announced? Are we going to get us actually get a Super Monkey Ball movie at some point? Well, we're getting a Gravity Rush movie. Close enough. <laughs> From PlayStation Productions and Scott Free Productions. Hmm. So that's another one to add to the... <laughs> Let's see if they can keep this going. Will this work? The will this work list very much took off for me when the Gran Turismo movie was announced. Oh, that's definitely not gonna work. No, it's not. It, I mean, it probably will, given the premise of it, but it's one of those things where it's like, God, this just sounds so generic. <laughs> yeah, it does. But hey, at least it at least seems like, and I do use seems with the biggest, fattest, thickest asterisks in existence, that um whoever's trying to make these movies ever so slightly cares more than the people who made them like five or ten years ago, but still heavy, heavy asterisk present there. Yeah. Moving on. I need to watch more of the Sandman, apparently. Oh, why is that? It has been at the top of Netflix's global top ten list for two weeks in a row, going on three, but 
even that might not be enough to get it a second season, because according to Neil Gaiman, it's a really expensive show, and season two <laughs> still is not guaranteed. Oh, fine. I was gonna say, like, how is that not guaranteed? It's like, oh, okay, that's... That tracks. I can't help but wonder what is considered very expensive by Netflix standards. Same. Mm. On the upside, it's another show where, in the event Netflix chooses not to continue it, they can take it elsewhere. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah, um, I need to watch more of it. I'm three episodes in, and honestly, I really need to go back and rewatch those three because I had it on just for metrics. But... <laughs> I am a big fan of the Sandman conceptually, and I liked what I saw from the ads. And I did like the first episode, but it was very mm -hmm. much a case of, I want this data to be in there. Yeah, I want them to know that I like this show, and there needs to be more of it. Yes, I don't want the show to get cancelled just because I don't have the time or inclination to watch it as soon as it drops. Right. I'm busy doing other stuff. Understandable. Like watching She-Hulk. Like watching She-Hulk. <laughs> Oh, man. I think it's trailer time. It's trailer time? It is trailer time. It is Wednesday, my dude. Yes. That trailer is metal as hell. <laughs> it is, but as a longtime Adams Family enthusiast, I have very mixed opinions. But I'll let you go first. No, it was just kind of the thing of when she goes, like, I'm the only one who's allowed to torture my brother. And it's like, okay, that's on par for... She has two bags of piranha. Oh my god! And then just the blood around the one kid as he's like screaming. She's just like, okay, so I guess they're not screwing around with this movie. <laughs> or that is, honest to god, my favorite part of the whole trailer. Really? <laughs> yes. There's something very concerningly endearing about Wednesday Adams going, I am the only one who can torture my brother and sending piranhas after her, her brother's bully. <laughs> well, as you said, that's very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to make clear, I don't have a problem with Adams Family spinoffs, I guess, that are centered around one particular member of the family. Mm -hmm. My bigger issue is it seems like that the academy that Wednesday is going to is full of similarly strange people. Mm. You know? And for me, the big appeal of the Adams family is always, 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 always watching them run into and interact with otherwise normal people who have no idea how to handle their shit. Hmm. Like, that's the entire... That's the reason for the Adams family to exist functionally. With that, I kind of feel like what they're going to play up to, especially since I guess one of the things here is what if Wednesday Adams made friends is to kind of play up to where now it's like just a whole gaggle of very strange individuals rather than just the family, which in a weird way, now that I say it out loud, doesn't really sound that appealing. No, because if the Adams family aren't the weirdos, Mm -hmm. what's the appeal, you know? Yeah, yeah, no. The main source of comedy from the Addams Family and main source of enjoyment is the fact that they are this absolutely twisted bunch of people who are nonetheless very supportive of each other, mm -hmm. very encouraging, very loving, very dedicated to one another, even though some of them are trying to kill each other. <laughs> and the rest of the world are the ones with the problem. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is always kind of the interesting, like, take on that. How like It's the whole joke! Yeah. So... It's like, if you made a Looney Tunes cartoon, mm -hmm. but... Bugs Bunny, instead of fighting, like, Elmer Fudd or Yosemite Sam or Wile E. Coyote or whatever, he ends up interacting with a bunch of other smart-ass carrot-chomping rabbits <laughs> who also drop anvils on people's heads. Actually, yeah, okay. damn it, now I want that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sold. I sold myself. I talked myself into a corner. I'm excited for this show now. 
Well, no, I was going to say, I can see how that can be a problem, though, because now it's a thing of, while it's it's definitely a fun thing to watch, you do kind of lose the appeal of what makes the central character interesting if everyone else basically has the same kind of quirks as as the central character. Yeah, but now I've just got a bunch of rabbits dropping anvils on each other's heads, <laughs> and I need that in my life, so... Plus it's Tim Burton. Plus it's Tim Burton. Which doesn't mean as much now as it used to, but this does seem very him in a good way. I will say, like, at the portion where, like, the dude's getting chomped, you see all the blood. It's like, holy shit, Tim Burton's name go- pops up. Oh, there we uh, go. Ah, yeah, that explains it. <laughs> it's like, now it makes... all makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. See, I'll definitely check this one out. Oh, 100%. Honestly, if it were up to me, there would always be some kind of Adam's Family thing happening, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to, I don't know, Bandit? Sure. This does not feel like a real movie. No, it does not. <laughs> it's apparently a biographical movie, so it is based on actual events, but it is... I guess the way that the trailer carries itself and the situations that the characters find themselves in while humorous, it is, it's kind of, for me, one of those things where it happens, the silliness of the robberies happens so frequently that it's kind of like, okay, this is actually kind of stupid now. Yeah. You know, you know what this reminds me of? Hmm. The old man and the gun. Drawing a blank. It was a movie from, what was that? 2018, okay, so that was four years ago, uh, starring Robert Redford, where he basically is just a career criminal who just makes a habit of robbing banks and then escaping from prison. Mm-hmm. It was basically a thing about his struggle to stay clean and have a normal life, but also needing that adrenaline rush. Hmm. And I haven't seen it in ages, and I probably need to watch it again, because I remember really liking it when I saw it. Hmm, okay. But I mean, that definitely sounds interesting. This makes me think of that in a, I've seen this before, and it was probably better because it had Robert Redford in it. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I've seen this movie before, but it was better done that time. Yeah. Even though we haven't actually seen this movie yet, but even still, with the trailer itself, it's... I'll I guarantee I be- you the old man in the gun did not have a line like, I may only have an 8th grade education, but I have a doctor's thesis in street. <laughs> what even so, is that yeah i I'd, I'd be lying if i said i wasn't act, like interested in the movie but it's also not a strong interest either like i do feel like i would go into theaters to check it out just because of how zany it seems but i wouldn't exactly go in with particularly high expectations either okay these are based on two separate people so apparently oh. it's just a coincidence that i feel like i've seen this before oh okay that's insanity. <laughs> wow. Mm. All right. Huh. <laughs> I don't know how to react to that. No, no, it's 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 a keep tabs on a type of deal. Yeah. For me personally. Oh. This guy was in those Transformers movies. What the Michael Bay ones? Yes. Oh, I... I don't remember a lot of those movies other than... Which one was Lennox? I mean, that's an operating system. Okay, this guy was apparently in... (laughs) One, two, three... This guy was in four out of five Michael Bay Transformers movies, and I don't remember his character. (laughs) I mean... Not completely surprised? All I know is he he's not Shia LaBeouf, and he's not John Turturro, so... And he's also not aspect ratios changing at every scene. What was that?! <laughs> that is, honest to God, besides Marky Mark's, like, silliness in, I think, the fourth movie, Mark, Mark Wahlberg and aspect ratios changing in, I think it was, what, Revenge of the Fallen or something? No, last night was the one with all the crazy-ass aspect ratio changes. Oh, okay. Those are the only things I remember of Michael Bay Transformers. 
That is it. <laughs> that was bizarre. It was They'd very... be having a conversation and one person would be filmed one way and then the other person would be filmed the other way. I do remember when we were watching it in the theater, at a certain point I just was like, we know was like, is the aspect ratio changing at every scene? And then we're just like, oh my god, it is. Why is this happening? Who did this? How could this happen to me? <laughs> Inside my movie. <laughs> The aspect ratio is changing on me. Are are you, uh, me, and Chase the only people who have seen that movie? In the world, I doubt it. In our group, probably. Oh, we so need to fix that. We do, <laughs> at some point. Yes. Huh. <laughs> Since I apparently have nothing else to say about this movie without going on a Transformers rant, let's move on to Call Jane. Holy crap, is this movie well-timed. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately well-timed. Unfortunately well-timed. I am... Given the subject matter, I am deeply interested in this movie. Yeah, uh, same. Because I'll admit, I only put it on the list because I saw a comedy drama with Sigourney Weaver and Elizabeth Banks, and I like Elizabeth Banks, and I like Sigourney Weaver, and I thought it would be especially funny after the whole Good House thing to... Subject you to another Sigourney Weaver trailer without knowing anything about it, but <laughs> much to my surprise, it was me who was bamboozled. This actually looks good. Yeah, and I'm not very familiar with the whole like call Jane like situation as it happened like in real life because this is based on actual like historical precedents, right? But the little bits I do know of it are enough to make me go, "Oh, I have to see this movie." Like this was. Just such a big fucking deal in the terms of like abortion rights and some and just social whatever in the United States in the sixties and seventies. So that by itself is like I have to see this movie. <laughs> Plus, this is a good cast because not only do they have Banks and Weaver, but Kate Mara's in it and mm -hmm. Wunmi Mosaku is in it, who is B fifteen and Loki. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I was surprised. When I figured out what the movie was going to be about, I was like, oh no, I feel so bad that I pointed Greg at this trailer and didn't even bother to watch it first myself. This is... <laughs> and then as it kept going, it's like, oh, this is... This is both important, and also I feel like I can watch it without feeling massively, horrendously uncomfortable. Yeah. I am looking forward to this movie. I imagine that the timing on this movie was not an accident. <laughs> I mean, the movie already released at Sundance in January. Oh, okay. So, I guess, unfortunately, just re really good timing in the worst possible way. Yeah, it's, a, it's both really excellent timing and really horrendous timing all together. <laughs> My god. Mm. Which I guess leaves the greatest beer run ever. I am genuinely upset that this is an Apple exclusive. Oh, it's releasing in select theaters as well. That's why thank, I put it on here. Thank god. I hope it's releasing at one of the ones down here. Because I really want to see... As the trailer went on, I did actually go and look up the movie and what it's based off of. Because at a certain point, it's like, there's no way this actually happened. The long and short of it is that the gentleman that Zac Efron is portraying is, at the time that this movie takes place, a former United States Marine, but his um, service ended right before the Vietnam War broke out. So it's kind of this whole thing of because of like the Vietnam War and everything going on and the anti-war protests and whatnot, he feels as a former Marine that, you know, he didn't contribute as much as he should have. So he decides to do a beer run <laughs> in Vietnam during the height of the Vietnam War to show support for the troops. More power to him, I suppose. This is very much a me movie. Even though I am generally pretty anti-war, and I'm pretty sure this movie will do a good job of highlighting why I'm anti-war, the absolute ridiculousness of it, and the ridiculousness of this dude's story, is enough to make me go, it's like, I... I hope this is coming out in one of the local theaters here, because I have to see it. Because I also don't want to get a Apple money if I don't have to. I think I might still have a free trial left, so... Hmm. Assuming Apple TV has that. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't touched Apple anything in actually probably a decade at least. Well, no, shorter than that, because I did have an iPod in college that got stolen at one point. Oof. But that's neither here nor there. I am very, very interested in this movie. And it did take me a minute to go, oh, that's Zac Efron. Holy crap, that beard looks terrible. Or that mustache looks terrible. <laughs> it's certainly not flattering, but I feel like no. that's the point. Yeah, no, especially because it's like the movie just try to paint him as just random schmuck who goes... I'm going to go to Vietnam and give all the boys a beer. I did very much enjoy the last bit of the trailer where the guy goes, who's this hand job? He's like, he's my next door neighbor. He brought me a beer. <laughs> That's some good shit. It's like, yeah, that it's like just brings home how fucking silly this all is. Plus <laughs> we got Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, the, Russell Crowe is it. There's actually a, like Russell Crowe's it. There's a lot of like, pretty standout people in this movie as seemingly minor characters. The fact that they got Bill Murray is also very surprising. Yeah. He's drunk. He's like, no, he's not drunk. He, drunk, he's stone cold sober. That's like his fifth beer top. <laughs> That's his fifth beer tops. Yeah, it's like, okay, sure. Ah. <laughs> uh, good old male camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I really want to see this. I do, too. And I also hope that it gets a release near us so we can go see it yeah i think this is the first week that of talking about trailers where each trailer that's been shown is a movie that at minimum i would actually like to see in a theater <laughs> you know that is something isn't it yeah it is apparently so. it's releasing september 30th in select theaters so i'll have to keep my eyes out. i'm willing to even go to somewhere where i'd have to pay for it oh yeah same so let's go to this weekend's box office Dun, da, da, da. First place, the movie I probably should have seen, Dragon Ball Super <laughs> Superhero, okay. with a $20.1 million domestic weekend in total for $45.2 million worldwide. Interestingly, it's the first anime movie to open number one at the box office since Pokemon the first movie. That's actually scary. <laughs> that is terrifying, but good for them. I mean, also a slow weekend, clearly, since 20.1 million won it. Yeah, that's that's true. Second place, the movie I actually saw, Beast, at 11.5 million domestically and for its domestic total, and 22.2 million dollars worldwide. That is on a 36 million dollar budget, so mm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Third place, we got Bullet Train at okay. 8 million domestic. For a $69 million domestic total and $150 million worldwide. Okay. Fourth place, you're not going to believe what's managed to claw its way up. It's Fall. <laughs> I hate that joke. <laughs> well, it gets worse because I was kidding. It's Top Gun Maverick. Oh my god, come on. <laughs> I got it twice! I did it! I'm such a rotten bastard, I love it! But no, actually, uh, it was Top Gun Maverick at $5.9 million domestic this weekend for a $683.4 million domestic total and $1.4 billion worldwide. And then in fifth place, DC League of Super Pets with $5.6 million domestically for a $67.3 million domestic total and $131.4 million worldwide. To be completely fair, I would prefer for Top Gun Maverick to be in the top five than fall, so whatever. <laughs> That's saying a lot, considering how much you want this movie to stop making money. For real. I think I actually saw a thing that, um, I guess they're planning on releasing physical Blu-rays in sometime in either September or September or October. So here's the hoping. But yeah, I I'd rather take the L there than fall getting any more attention. <laughs> yeah. And I say that, like, not even, like, not, like, aggressively hating the movie, just regularly hating the movie. <laughs> I am interested to see if Bullet Train and DC League of Super Pets can keep mm -hmm. any kind of momentum going, since at $90 million budget for both of them, they're still not quite at profitability if you go by the old twice-the-production-budget maxim. Right. Even if you go off 1.5 times, League of Super Pets is barely not quite there. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> now that we've covered that, I suppose it's time to talk about the lion in the room. 
<laughs> He's gonna eat me, I swear to God. Send uh, help. We're, we're ta- we, we both saw Beast starring Idris Elba. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of it? So I did not actively hate it like I did Fall. And I know that's really not saying much. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of walked away th- from it thinking... It doesn't reinvent the wheel in any capacity, but it's also not ridiculously offensive in any way. You know, it's just kind of very, like, kind of run-of-the-mill, nothing too nutso. Objectively speaking, the whole premise of the movie and everything that happens is actually ridiculous, but in a general, like, reactionary sense is what I'm talking about right now. I don't know, I didn't hate it by any means, but I also can't say that I liked it either. I had three major thoughts about the movie that I can't don't know if I want to talk about right now because it's like possibly spoilery mm. in a certain sense. So we'll probably wait for it then. But I'll tell you what I didn't in within twenty minutes of sitting there go why the fuck am I watching this movie like I did with Fall. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. You know, in keeping with how I'd rather watch a absolutely terrible movie than a just okay one. Mm-hmm. I think this movie would have been better if it was worse. <laughs> so I never asked you when we were talking about it outside of the movie, but is, if I ask you, what do you mean by that? Would that be spoiler territory? I guess not. Mm-hmm. I guess what I mean is, it's very predictable, I suppose. Mm. In the sense of, it seems like the trailer's already covered a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I was assuming there was going to be a whole separate location that we hadn't seen yet in the trailers, and maybe that's on me. But it feels like they gave quite a bit of it away in the movie. Or in the trailers, rather. And yeah. I don't know. I guess I was just expecting a bit more spectacle for how by the numbers and not really convincing the emotional journey is. Yeah. It's very... I don't know. It's just... it's Idris Elba punching a lion, I suppose. <laughs> Pretty much. I will say from a cinematography standpoint, one thing that it took me a minute to notice was all the opportunities that they used to have, like, long, like, single-take moments. That nightmare one went on too damn long. The Nightmare one was the only one that was pretty jarring because of it clearly being a nightmare, but them doing the whole single take thing. Because the point at the point where it stops being a nightmare, I'm, I couldn't tell if it was actually done being a nightmare. I was like, are we still in nightmare land? What's going on? I, I Which am is genuinely... <laughs> probably intentional. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if it's intentional, it is kind of hilarious considering what happens when we come out of Nightmare Land. <laughs> also, I'd like to apologize to Charlotte Copley, who I thought was Jake Gyllenhaal the entire movie. Yeah, he he's he's not too far off. I will have to say. And I so I am sorry. You deserve better than to be mistaken as Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> no, Especially he was because f- that was Jimmy and Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, nice. So I mean, absolutely yeah. the man deserves better. Yeah, and he was definitely the best part of the movie. Like, no question. Yeah, wow, that's actually kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> Idris Elba was not the best part of this Idris Elba lion-punching movie, because his, <laughs> his whole bit was just, I've seen this. I've never seen it with a lion, but I've seen this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I did, um... <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I... that's it. That's how to sum up this movie. I've never seen this movie with a lion. Yeah, I, I will Until say... Until now. <laughs> as I was watching the movie, I did kind of think to myself at a certain point, I was like, man, Idris Elba is really taking these Booking.com commercials like a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you had better jokes than me. I was like, man's really dedicated to that paycheck. <laughs> They're just dangling it in front of him the whole time. Yeah. It's just right off camera, somebody holding a giant novelty <laughs> check. 
I was thinking it's like the only thing this is moving is Idris Elba looking at a family like sitting down and just creepily like smiling at them with two thumbs up. Also, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Idris. Idris. And I say that as someone who was fond of the uh, fond of the actor, but holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The... There wasn't enough lion in it, I guess. No, there wasn't. There's a lot of setup for the lion. The, yeah. I the way that they use the lion in the movie does kind of like weird me out in a certain way. Do we is this the part where we want to start talking about spoilers? Um, one last non-spoilery thing. Somehow, despite being a 90-minute movie, I feel like this movie is 10 minutes too long. It did kind of drag on at a certain point. And that's bizarre to me. Yeah, that is impressive and not in a good way. No, there were a couple moments where it's like, why does this feel like this is taking forever? (laughs) At at the point where I thought the movie was going to wind down and end, I actually... Pulled out my phone real quick to check the time, and I'm like, there's still, like, 17 minutes left. <laughs> How the fuck? <laughs> What's gonna happen now? Yeah. And we'll get into what happens now in just a moment. But mm-hmm. I guess the summary is don't really bother unless you're 100% dedicated to seeing everything Idris Elba is in. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a thing of, like, if if you have, like, no other movies to watch that are fresh, this is by far and away not the worst possible pick. So, you know, it's it's not... It won't, like, change your life being like, I've never seen Idris Elba in such a different light. But, you know, it's there's there's definitely, especially right now, there's definitely worse movies to spend your weekend money on. Yeah. So if you don't want to be spoiled, I'm going to suggest tuning away from the video. In uh, three, two, one, now. So, so many characters, including the lion, have so much more endurance than they deserve. The fact that this movie did not end with the lion blowing up. Yeah. And I understand. (laughs) I understand. Thematically, that would have been less satisfying because he didn't get the chance to directly put himself in conflict with the lion to protect his kids. And you had to do something with that Chekhov's gun of, oh, if any other lions or anything come into this territory, the other two will tear it apart. Mm -hmm. I get that. It would have theoretically been less satisfying if it had ended with the lion blowing up. But it also would have made the movie shorter. Yeah, it's like, I understand why the lion wasn't killed when it got blown up. But a lion actually got blown the fuck up. It wasn't even like a distance. His face was literally in the fire as it went off, as the truck exploded. And we see him like 20 minutes later. It's like, ah, just some burn marks on my fur. And I'm just like, fucking excuse me? Now I want to rewatch this movie just so I can blare through the fire and the flames when it explodes. Through the fire and the flames we carry on while there's a giant explosion. (laughs) But yeah, that's my first, like, everyone in this movie, including the lion, had too much endurance. As much as I enjoyed Uncle Martin, homie should have died, like, 20 minutes before he did. (laughs) Should he have? Because I feel like the only real injury to him was the leg. I mean, considering how much the movie was trying to communicate, how much blood he was losing, and how it was constantly making him go in and out of consciousness, it was a thing of, this guy has to die soon, right? And it's like, no, we're gonna keep him alive for, like, at least half the movie. He's like, I mean, fair? Because I do like his character, but yeah, he should be dead. There was that. And these are also the things that make the movie memorable for me, I'm gonna be honest. There was that. There was for me at least personally, insufferable older daughter. (laughs) Yeah, she was pretty, uh... For most of the movie, it didn't really bother me because, yeah, it's pretty clear that Idris Elba's character, whose name I can't remember, Mm -hmm. was not the best dad and not the most present dad. Yeah. But the exact moment where I lost my patience was when she's talking about, don't make another promise you can't keep. And it's like, it's called trying to keep your sister from freaking out that they're going to get eaten by a lion, you stupid yeah, fuck. Yeah, that was, Roll that was, 
that was the moment for me as well when she goes into the whole thing like remember how you kept this promise and you crushed was like where the fuck is this coming from and why (laughs) is this happening right now you're doing this now in front of everybody with with poachers and a fucking rabid rogue ass lion (laughs) it's like hey we're about to die remember that time you crushed my little sister's dreams (laughs) it's just like Dude, that and also just the several moments of, and to be honest, I do completely get why, I guess it's trying to communicate the whole thing, like them being teenagers, but at a certain point where you're in a life-threatening situation and the people who are most equipped to deal with it are telling you, stay in the car, it's the safest place you're going to be. Stay in the goddamn car! And then you get out of the car, I'm just like, okay, this girl just wants to fucking die. Get in the Uh, bag, (laughs) Nebby! It's like this girl wants to die, and you know what? I I have no willpower to stop her. <laughs> Rev up those lions, because I sure do want to die. <laughs> For real. <laughs> that was like also the other thing is like at a certain point I am just internally going get back in the fucking car. <laughs> um, there was those two. And the third thing was, like, when the poachers roll up on Idris Elba and his family, and they go, it's like, he's talking to him. he's like, oh, you're an American, you're far away from home, like, you need to get your ears checked, son, he's still doing his British accent. Yeah. <laughs> and then, minor point from that is, um, Idris Elba just choke-holding a cobra. It's not a chokehold, that's just a neck grab. Regardless. Maybe it is a chokehold. Hold on a sec. I have to look at this up. I mean, given that it's a snake and the relative size of a snake versus a human's a snake's neck versus a human hand, it's not an actual chokehold. But it's still kind of the thing of like, I'm going. It's like, all right, here comes the conflict. He's about to like get bitten or get something, and he just grabbed that cobra by the neck in an instant. Yeah, that's just grabbed it by the neck. I think the chokehold is that thing where like you've got your arm wrapped around them. Mm, that's fair. But but even still, it's just like, alright, here comes the conflict, the moment of, and he just, just grabbed that snake by the neck faster hey. than they could, re- could react. And I realized what I just said. <laughs> Very good. As long as you realized. Um, it's just like, I, sure, movie, why not? Like, don't get me wrong, it looks cool, but, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, I feel like they made him a doctor just so they could explain why he has all the medical knowledge he needs to keep Martin alive, but they don't bother to explain the snake-snatching skills. No. Or being able to not immediately die fighting a lion. Yeah, for real. Yeah, that w- that other bit, too, where it's just like... I thought like, he was dead! No, he should have been dead. And it's like, I'm a punch... And it's like, I'm gonna punch this lion in the face. What could go wrong? And... As the other lions are just watching and, like, getting up, it's like, okay, I think I see what's going on. But at a certain point, it's like, man, these guys are just taking their time just kicking this other lion's ass. It's like... I I knew it was coming, but all I could think was, you guys took your sweet-ass time, huh? (laughs) Yeah, they were just like... What, y'all just sitting around eating popcorn? I imagine they're just like, oh, look, the puny human's trying to to kill the lion. Let's see how long he lasts. And it's like, you know... I imagine one of the female lines like, you know, we probably should actually help him. Yeah, he yeah, give te- me a minute. I'm still drinking this beer. He's like, he is technically a friend. It's like, <sighs> fine, what it? Debbie. He's going to die. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's like, fine, Debbie, whatever. I'm going to go fuck him up real quick. BRB. <laughs> Yo, Brosif, help me fuck this guy up. All right. <laughs> I think the one thing that, I, as I think about it, I realize that there wasn't more attention drawn to it because of how big a deal it is and how much the movie like plays it up is the whole thing of Martin being revealed to be an anti-poacher. And how... That's not a reveal. Well, it's not necessarily a reveal. It's more so when they see him, when when the other poachers see him, and go like, what the hell? Like, this man killed three of my guys. It's like, so we're going to circle back to this, right? We're going to circle... And he just exploded. Okay. Nah, they all die. What's What's the matter? Yeah, and it's like... Well, I figured it'd be a thing of, like, if he somehow miraculously survived all of that, it's like, okay... Now it's going to go into the thing of, like, all right, he's with them, and they're like, you killed people? Like, what the hell, man? And he blew the fuck up in his Toyota. Okay, never mind. (laughs) I guess we're moving forward. R.I.P. truck. Yeah. (laughs) 
Really, R.I.P. Martin, you were the MVP of this movie. Yeah, I, I did actually love, like, when he's, like, about to, to do it, he's like, ah, sorry, boy. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty good for his character, considering how much his character has mentioned, talked about how much he loves the animals. It's a sad way to go. It is a sad way to go. That poor Toyota SUV. <laughs> I was fully <laughs> expecting, come to think of it, mm-hmm. circling back to the whole, what does it take to kill this fucking lion? I was fully expecting the problem after the big giant explosion was going to be a surviving poacher. Hmm. I did not think it was going to be, oh no, the lion's still here. Great. Honestly, I was actually disappointed a little bit when they revealed why, when they talked about why the lion was doing this. Because I initially thought that the lion just straight up had rabies with how, like, they were talking about, like, this lion is doing things that it doesn't want to do, that lions don't normally do. And then to the whole thing of, like, you know, these poachers killed his whole family and all that, so now he's gone rogue. It's like, okay, so Liam Neeson is cosplaying a lion right now? How did it catch up to them so quickly? Yeah. (laughs) And how do they know where they were? (laughs) I mean, presumably that's just sense of smell, but... Mm, Fair. I'm tracking, or whatever. Mm. Okay, lions can run 50 miles per hour, but that's only in short bursts. Yeah. And you'd think its sense of smell would be disoriented by all the burning gasoline. <laughs> and at one point, very shortly, getting knocked the fuck out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The movie right. really should have ended with a giant explosion. It really should have, but... You could have kept the bit with him treating Mir's wound. Mm-hmm. Or is it Mare? I think it was Mare. Mare. Sh- supposed to be short for Meredith. Right, that makes sense. It was kind of a thing of when, also when Martin asked her, it's like, hey, Meredith, how's the teenage life? And she goes, it's Mare. I was expecting him to go, well, that answers my question. Yeah. <laughs> God almighty. I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is this this lion is just, of all the shit that he had to deal with, he got blown the fuck up, he got tranked, he got beaten up by Idris Elba, it's implied what eventually kills him is a is a gunshot and it's a thing of like i don't understand that's how that was the only thing it took but hey what can you do (laughs) after being weakened by other lions yeah after being weakened by after being weakened by other lions i didn't even think about that (laughs) only rock can break rock (laughs) lion must fight lion god almighty this lion yeah, this lion is just like, I want to have whatever he's drinking. I- I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, can you conceive of a situation where you would ever want to watch this again? To torture the rest of the group. I don't even know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I think it would be one of those things where I would watch it if I was just bored out of my mind and had nothing else to watch like like readily available. I guess I would watch it if I still had cable. And I was channel flipping, and either the remote stopped responding, or the batteries died, or something, and it was stuck on Beast, and I didn't really feel like getting up out of my seat, and I had my laptop with me, so I'd just be like, eh, maybe I'll knock out some comic work while this is playing. Mm. You know what? I think the situation that I would willingly watch it is because... Given what was circumstances I was in before I went to see the movie, I'm pretty sure I would go to watch it if I had a Long Island iced tea in me. (laughs) You know what? I'd probably do that, too. Fair game. Yeah. Fair point. You win. (laughs) The coveted no prize is all yours. (laughs) So next week, we're at another crossroads. Mm-hmm. Assuming there's nothing else you want to say about this movie. No, I'm good. Alright. And the crossroads is, we can either watch The Invitation, or 3,000 Years of Longing. Or, we could do what I thought we were going to do originally this week, which was, I see one, you see the other. And the only reason that didn't happen is because I did not feel like explaining the entirety of Dragon Ball Super well, actually, Dragon Ball through Super, just to explain mm-hmm. Superhero to you. Which is completely fine and good, because I grew up not giving a shit about Dragon Ball anyway. So, so 
maybe this will be the week where you'll have to explain 3,000 years of longing to me, and I'll have to explain the invitation to you. Or maybe we'll just both go see 3,000 years of longing, because I know you have very little interest in the invitation. Yeah, I mean, for the invitation, it's one of those things where I do want to see how this plays out, but I don't think I want to experience all the things that come with it. You want to know how it plays out, but you don't want to watch it. Pretty much. Yeah. You just want to read a plot synopsis on Wikipedia. Yeah, and I know that that is such a horrible thing to do, but that is how how I feel about this movie. Nah, that's fair. I'm a little hesitant myself, if only because I want to save all of my horror-watching enthusiasm for October, mm-hmm. which is right around the corner. Which is also totally fair. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you being willing to work with me on it and pretend that it is. That's I. That's what I'm here for. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the outline of a skeleton of a plan that was attacked by a lion. <laughs> and punched by Idris Elba. And punched by Idris Elba. <laughs> if you got any preference on what we tackle next week, let us know in the comments. Yes. And while you're at it, feel free to like, subscribe, hit the bell, follow us on Spotify or RSS, whichever one you want to do, you know, if any, assuming you haven't already, which I'm sure you have, because you're awesome like that. Yes, indeedy. We love Greg, are you subscribed? Op- I am subscribed. Very good. Are you going to like and hit the bell? I, I will after we do- we're done recording. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Thanks again for listening, everybody. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And I bid you good night. Good night, everybody. May Zaslav not cut you from HBO Max. <laughs> Bye. Bye.